Yes. 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 Once again, yes. It is that time. Therapy Thursday. Come on in the room. I need you to tag somebody. Text them the link because we are about to grow. We are about to heal and become everything that God desires for us to become while we are currently in time. You know how we do. We like to start an encouragement thread. Encouragement thread. So if you would tag somebody up and down the chat, tag them. I'm proud of you for showing up for therapy. I see you, Brandon. I see you, Candace. I see you, Michael. I'm proud of you. Encourage somebody because you don't know the warfare that somebody has already gone through in 2024. And we really, really strive to make Therapy Thursday be a safe place, a place where we can heal, a place where we can become, a place where we can grow. So encourage somebody. If you are a first timer, put in the room, this is my first time and everybody who is a reoccurring viewer, a subscriber to Therapy Thursdays, tell them you're in for a treat. First time visitors, Welcome. Um, there's so much that is just beating on my heart that I want to share with you that I really believe is going to expose um, a tactic that can cause us to have some mental peace, some peace in our minds. But before I do that, since we are in the month of February already, February the 1st, since we are in the month of February, I want to remind all men, please, whatever you got to do, get to Houston, Texas, March 15th through the 17th for our men's conference. It's going to be absolutely amazing. This Sunday is just like a sneak preview of what's going to happen as we are continuing our firefighter series, and it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to spoil it. Just make sure that you watch service 12 o'clock, 12 p.m. Central Time on our Redefined TV YouTube channel, and it's going to bless your life. So I want to get to work um, by starting to share this story that I read from an article back when I was in college uh, pursuing my degree in psychology. So there was this article and it stated that there was this father and a son that were going up a cliff with their donkey that they were gonna sell in the market. So as they're going up this cliff, people on the sideline begin to look at them and they made this comment. So why, why are y'all walking up the mountain? Donkeys are supposed to be rode. You're wasting your strength. And so the father was like, okay, that makes sense. He put the boy on the donkey and they continued to go up the mountain. And a little further up the mountain, another group of people were observing them and they began to scold the boy and tell him, what type of son are you? You are dishonoring your father by allowing him to walk up the mountain when you are younger than him he should be riding on the donkey and you should be walking. So the little boy said, you're right. He got off the donkey and the father got on the donkey. They continued to navigate up this mountain and then another group of people, they began to scold the father. What type of father are you? You're walking up this hill and you're gonna have your little boy, your son, trying to lead this donkey while you ride? This is terrible fatherhood. And so the father said, you know, you're right. And so both of them now are walking. They're walking up the hill with this donkey. And then another group of people saw them and said, why are y'all working that donkey so hard? 
going up this cliff, look at his knees shaking. What type of owners are y'all? And they said, you're right. And so the father and the boy then attempt to carry the donkey up the hill. They begin to lose balance, fall over the cliff, and all three of them die. The moral of the story is, people's opinion will be the death of you if you listen. Everybody had a different perspective. And due to the father and due to the son, listening to the opinions of people on the side, somebody put in the room on the side, they weren't the ones going up the hill. They aren't the ones on the field, they're on the bench. Due to them listening to the comments on the side, they kept on making adjustments and didn't even reach their destinations because they constantly were trying to appease people. We're gonna expose this trap on tonight for this Therapy Thursday session. I already feel this in my soul. We're gonna expose this, this trap that many of us walk into, and to be quite honest, even the enemy could use this. The enemy could use this trap by getting us to procrastinate. Procrastinate, because remember, I taught us this, procrastination is disobedience in slow motion. Ooh. Procrastination is disobedience in slow motion. When God tells you to do a thing, he's not telling you to do it in 2026. When God is informing for you to do a thing, he's not telling for you to do it in 2023 when you feel like you got the qualifications and you feel like you're clean enough and you feel like you're old enough or you, you feel like you're smart enough. No, the day you hear his voice, I need to calm down, I'm preaching. The day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Procrastination is disobedience and slow motion. It's, it's the assumption that we make that the opportunity will still be there on tomorrow. So this trap could either be A, get us to procrastinate, or the enemy could use this particular trap to keep us mentally exhausted. Somebody right now, we're only in the second month of 2024 and you already are mentally exhausted. Hear me, because nothing can exhaust the brain like placing it on the treadmill of trying to solve people's problems that aren't yours. One more again, not one more time, one more again. Nothing can exhaust the brain like placing it on the treadmill of trying to solve problems that aren't yours. This is why you're so tired. It's not that you're getting enough, not getting enough sleep. It's not that you need another vacation. It's not that your bed is uncomfortable. You're tired because you're trying to fight and solve problems that aren't yours. This is how we end up losing in areas we should be winning. Talk. This is how we end up losing in areas that we should be winning because God will give you the supernatural grace. God will give you the supernatural strength to fight your battles, but he is not obligated to give you the supernatural grace and the supernatural strength to fight theirs. This is how we keep losing. We're fighting fights that don't matter for our purpose. We're fighting problems, trying to solve problems that you aren't graced to solve. So by the time you stand before your Goliath, <laughs> 
by the time you stand before your Goliath, by the time you have to solve your problem, you're so exhausted from trying to solve problems that weren't even yours. This trap, this trap that the enemy has been using on you and this trap that the enemy has been attempting to use on me is the trap of people pleasing. People pleasing. It's, it's the statement, I don't want people to think that. I don't want people to think that I'm arrogant. I, I don't want people to think I forgot about them. I, I don't want people to think that, that I'm trying to start my own ministry. I don't want people to think this. I don't want people to think that it's, it's the number one sentence of the people pleaser. I don't want them to think that. I, I don't want them to assume that. And this is the dichotomy about being a people pleaser. People pleasing pleases everybody except the pleaser and your maker. <laughs> because if everybody likes you, you probably don't. I'm coming out. People pleaser, the dichotomy of people pleasing is it pleases everybody but the pleaser and your maker. Oftentimes, here we go a little deeper, oftentimes what people pleasing really is is a form of idolatry. You're worshiping at the altar, altar of somebody else's approval. You're worshiping at the altar of somebody's acceptance. And I know God's like, man, I desire for you to accept my grace. I desire for you to accept my love. I desire for you to accept my forgiveness. I desire for you to accept the call that I placed on your life. I desire for you to accept the assignment. It could be a form of idolatry. I'm worshiping at the altar of what people think. And here's a question. I'm just being transparent. Here's a question that Jerry asked himself. Whenever the thought of, I don't want people to think that, or what if this isn't as good as, well, what if they think this? The thought that I always ask myself to help regulate the warfare in my mind is a simple question. Has it ever nourished my soul to lessen my existence for their acceptance? Hmm. Jerry, answer that question. Has it ever, has it ever nourished your soul to lessen my existence for their acceptance. <laughs> Let's go a little deeper. For those who say, man, I don't think God's speaking to me. I don't hear God's voice. Could it be, it's not that God is silent, but rather your ears are congested due to you trying to listen for the applause of men who don't even matter for your assignment. I'm listening for approval versus listening for God's confirmation. People pleasing people-pleasing, people-pleasing. In my findings, from getting certified as a counselor, ordained as a pastor, counseling sessions, and even with myself, from my findings, I've discovered that the soil of a people-pleaser usually begins as a parent-pleaser. Remember I told us Sunday, we're gonna talk about this on tonight. I've discovered in my findings, in my research, in my experience, in my own life, I've discovered that 
the soil of a people pleaser usually starts as a parent pleaser. See, this is how we learn what I call lethal loyalty. It's when you are loyal to things that are lethal to your peace. You are loyal to things that are lethal to your obedience, lethal to your faith, lethal to your sleep. I'm so loyal to them that it's lethal to my spiritual growth. It's, it's, lethal, it's lethal to my healing. And so what, what has happened and what was supposed to happen is our parents and our caregivers were supposed to be the ones to protect us. But what do you do when your parents or caregivers were the ones that you needed protection from? See, our parents and our caregivers were supposed to be the ones that gave us affirmations. But due to them not knowing how critical this was for your esteem, due to them not knowing how critical this was for the way that you see yourself, or due to them having low self-esteem themselves, they were verbally abusive, which caused by default for us to audition for acceptance. I want mama to think I'm a good son. I want, I want daddy to think I'm a good daughter. I want, I want my caregiver, my foster parent to see that I am listening. I, I, I want coach to see that I am a good athlete. I want my granddad to see that I am a good grandson. I want, and so we end up auditioning and that never has stopped. And still on today, we are still thirsting for people's approval. So watch this, we are either drunk for likes, or we are dehydrated for validation. <laughs> we are drunk trying to get as many likes as we can get, or we're dehydrated for validation. So somebody watching this, three parts of you, the inner child needs love, the teenage version of you is still looking to find himself, and the adult version of you just wants explanations and affirmations. Explain why. Why didn't they parent me? Why did they leave us? The inner child needs love. The teenage version of you, still searching. And the adult version of you, I, I just want explanations and affirmations. That's, that's what I'm still desiring today. And we gotta get this because oftentimes we seek to please the wrong one which is how we have dudes who are willing to do 15 to 25 in jail for a gang, but won't do a 10-hour shift for their family. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. So you're willing for a Fruit of the Loom red shirt, for a Fruit of the Loom blue shirt, I am willing to do 15 to 25 years in jail or be in a box in a cemetery for my clique's approval then work in an honest 10-hour shift for your family. What is that? I'm seeking to please the wrong one. i rather forfeit the grace, the anointing, and the favor of God for people to like and follow me on social media than I am to obey and follow out whatever it is that God is telling me to obey. Hmm. I don't want people to think and that, that, really only you can fill that in. I don't want people to think that. I wanna show us this text. And I, I, I saw this from a total different light. And it just, 
it really confirmed in my heart how good our Heavenly Father really is. I want us to see this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It's when Jesus is about to get baptized, but there's something I never saw before, and I want to share it with you, okay? Verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had baptized, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know what that was? God formation. A merging affirmation with God's thoughts and promises about us. God formation. Before Jesus ever started, please don't miss this. Before he ever started, his earthly ministry, he was affirmed first by his heavenly father. Every son needs to be affirmed by their father. Every daughter needs to be affirmed by their father. I'm sorry if we didn't get it naturally, but our father is a father to the fatherless. And I'm looking at the text. Before Jesus ever started, he got affirmed. Maybe, just maybe, it would be easier for you to overlook negative comments if you got affirmation before you started the ministry. Maybe, just maybe, it would be easier for you to ignore the hate if you got affirmed before you launched the book, before you started the podcast. It's the God formation before the launching that we need because watch this, it's easier when we are swimming in the waters of God's thoughts about us, you are less likely to drown in the shallow end of people's opinions of you. Did y'all hear what I just said? The more you swim in the waters of God's thoughts about you, you are less likely to drown in the shallow end of people's thoughts about you. Because before the following, before being on the Bible app, before people knowing about the ministry, before Therapy Thursday, before any lights, before any cameras, I was affirmed in the dark. That's why your pasture season matters. That's why your wilderness season matters. That's why your faithfulness behind the stage matters because that's where you get confirmed. That's where you get solid. That's where you get strong. That's where your spirit gets tough. You didn't get this as a child, but oh, you need it now. You didn't get this as a child, but guess what? You're getting it as God's heavenly child. God formations is to believe God's thoughts about me. But yeah, I want y'all to kind of see this example because when you get when you get God formations or when you allow God's thoughts about you to be your most dominant thoughts, God's thoughts about you become a lid that can put, that can hinder the mind from being polluted by other people's opinions. So 
Right now, this is wide open. This jar is wide open. When I believe God's thoughts about me, that puts a lid. So when people try to put their opinion on me, that's not going in my heart. When people try to put their comments about me, that's not getting my soul. I can shake that off. But when you don't believe what God said about you, every thought, every comment, every negative talk, every time somebody says something to you, it constantly gets in your mind. And so now, when it's time to obey God, you're rattled. See, that's how a lot of our mind sounds in the spirit. It's so distracting, isn't it? You can't even really hear what I'm saying. Because there's so much going on in your mind. There's so many thoughts going on in your soul. And you can't hear when God is trying to speak clearly to you due to the bell sound of somebody's comment. Due to the bell sound of what mama said or what they didn't say. And I'm trying to get us to understand, once we believe God's thoughts, once we believe God's, let them talk. It's not getting in. I'm shaking it off. It is the power. Hear me. It is the power of believing whatever God said about me, he was telling the truth. Whatever he said about me, he was telling the truth. Enough with us calling the devil a liar, but then treating God like he is. God formations is to believe what God said about me. He was actually telling the truth. Because hear me, family. The tuition of people pleasing is to bankrupt your joy. That's what you're going to pay with, your joy. You know what you're going to pay with? Your peace. Let's speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments for this Therapy Thursday session. I don't want people to think that. What an excellent conversation. <laughs> what an excellent Therapy Thursday topic. Let's speak around that thought. I don't want people to think that. I don't want them to think that about me. I don't want them to misunderstand me. What if the enemy also had that same exact sentence? I don't want people to think that God really loves them. Hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm really a liar. I don't want people to think that they truly are forgiven. Father, in this moment, we're asking, just like we naturally saw a jar be emptied out, empty out the jar of our minds, of every lie, of every mental scenario that we keep looping over and over. Whatever struggles, strongholds in our minds, God, we're asking that you cleanse us. Cleanse us. Wash us. Teach us how to believe what you said about us more than we're concerned about what people think about us. Because just like that story, as we're going up the mountain of life, if we're listening to everybody on the side, we risk dying in our heart, dying in our emotion, and never reaching the place that we were ordained to reach because we kept on making adjustments due to people's opinions and comments. Break the chain of people pleasing. 
We're asking that you do it. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen. Amen, I feel the tears. I feel chains breaking, amen. God, break this, break this, break this. Then suddenly, there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He got confirmation. Let's put this comment in the room. I want us to put this in the room in all caps. Some of us might need to say this every day until we are free from being tormented by what somebody thinks about us. I'm trying to help somebody see that maybe you didn't even know that you were a people pleaser. And this message is exposing you to the reality, man, I really do care what people think. I posted things that I felt God gave me and deleted them due to the lack of likes. I'm not doing that anymore. Leave it, let it sit. If God told you to birth it, give birth to it. Let's put this in the room in all caps. Father, purge my mind and cleanse my heart so I'll think on your thoughts about me not their opinions of me. One more time. Father, purge my mind and cleanse my heart so I'll think on your thoughts about me, not their opinions of me. The simple truth that I was attempting to articulate this past Sunday, it's okay for you to live a life that others don't agree with. Mama doesn't agree with it. Family members doesn't agree with it. It's okay for you to live your godly kingdom life and others don't agree with it. Because those who are flickering, they won't agree with the rest of us who are on fire. And you know what? That's okay. Those who are inconsistent, they won't agree with the rest of us who are consistent and committed. And you know what? That's okay. Those who compromise and settle, they surely aren't going to agree with your standards because standards always reveal those that come with an agenda. Ooh, standards always reveal those that come with an agenda. They're not going to agree with our standards and our high integrity. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay for me to live a life that others don't agree with. And here's the deleterious thing about being a people pleaser. You will end up trying to get people to like you who don't even like themselves. <laughs> or what's worse, you will actually think that getting for them to like you will cure you from not liking yourself. All somebody else's like or dislike does is exposes what you truly believe about you. It comes out when they like you or it comes out when they dislike you. Never change who you are to become what they need. Because hear me, what if you change who you are to become what they need, but what God needs for you to be is who you were before you received their opinion or their comment. So now you're walking around in a falsified version of yourself that cannot get the anointing because the anointing only flows on the authentic self, not the replica. It only flows on the authentic self, not who you pretend to be. Here you are missing out on the God-ordained opportunities because you changed who you are to become who somebody else needs. <laughs> People pleasing. People pleasing. And I think this is, this is possibly the scary part about people pleasing. 
People-pleasing is always a setup to be manipulated. Because manipulators latch on the insecure. This is so good, y'all. People-pleasing is a setup to be manipulated. Because manipulative people latch onto the insecure because insecurity cares too much about the applause of men to say no. So that insecurity becomes puppet strings for the manipulator. They can't say no, I'm gonna cry to make them do what I want. They, they don't know how to put me in my plate, put me in the right place. I'm gonna act angry about this and blame them. It's, it's the puppet strings. And so now you are literally responding to people's comments, responding to people's emotions, and stepping out of your Christ-like character because the setup of people-pleasing is that it, it causes for us to be manipulated by people easier. Or let's go even deeper. Can we go deeper? Can I, can I really give you a spiritual insight on what this is? I don't know if you said yes or not, but I'm gonna just give it to you. Oftentimes, people pleasing is really the spirit of fear playing dress up. Hmm. Listen, y'all, I'm trying to give us a revelation. Oftentimes, people pleasing is the spirit of fear in disguise. I fear what they'll think. I fear what they'll do. There's somebody right now watching this, listening to this Therapy Thursday session, who is currently under the influence of fear. You're making decisions under the influence of fear, dating under the influence of fear, staying in something toxic and abusive due to the spirit of fear, can't love them back due to the spirit of fear, because the spirit of fear has children who go by the names of anxiety, overthinking, and phobias. The spirit of fear has children that go by anxiety, overthinking, and phobias. Now remember, fear in the Greek is phobos. It's where we get the word phobias. So watch this. The spirit of fear is a director of lies who hands us a script of fraudulence to memorize so that we could be cast in the film of Missing Destiny. One more time. The spirit of fear is a director of lies that hands you a script of fraudulence to memorize so that you can be cast in the film of missing destiny. Because that's what fear does. It makes you miss out on the life you could have lived. It makes, it makes you miss out on the harvest you were supposed to receive. People pleasing oftentimes really is fear playing dress up. So it makes sense to me now why this scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, I want you to see this. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Okay, watch this. The root word in circumspect is circle. So it means to walk carefully, knowing life goes in a circle. Know that life goes in a circle, so be wise, not as fools. Redeem the time, 
because the days are already evil. Understand that your life goes in a circle. What you reap, what you sow is what you will reap. That is not a bad thing. That only is a bad thing if you sowed bad seeds. Sow a decision, reap a condition. Where you are right now is due to your decisions and your thinking that you had on yesterday. Where you'll be tomorrow is due to your thinking and the decisions that you have on today. This is why the condition of your mind matters because your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. So if your most dominant thought is regret, this means that will affect the sobriety of your decision-making. You will not be able to move forward because you keep on thinking backward, backwards, because your life moves in a direction of your most dominant thought. If your most dominant thought is money, that's going to affect the sobriety of your decision-making today. So I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to take the unfair advantage of people. I'm willing to lower my standards and my morals, or I'm willing to work so much that I'm not there for my family. So I'm trying to gather as many dead presidents at the expense of a dead soul, at the expense of dead intimacy, at the expense of dead peace because your mind, whatever you think on, your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. So if your most dominant thought is what will they think? Hmm. This means the sobriety of your decision-making will orbit around the seesaw of people's thoughts versus the foundation of God's word. Did y'all hear what I just said? your mind, most dominant thought is, I don't want them to think, what will they think? I don't want them to think, what will they think? That's going to affect the sobriety of your decision making, which means I'm going to traffic more in the seesaw of people's opinions. Why do I call it seesaw? Because it's up and down. One moment they like you, one moment they don't. One moment is hell, here comes Jesus, hell, Hosanna. The next moment, kill him, crucify him. We want Barabbas. Next one moment, I love this podcast. Next moment, they fell off. I hate it. <laughs> Are you going to go off of the opinions of people or trust the foundation of God's word? See, this, this, is, this is something that I've discovered. The prince of peace affects pieces. That's why I need Jesus. The prince of peace affects pieces. Every piece of my life is insured by the prince of peace. So believing his thoughts about me gives my marriage peace, gives the ministry peace, gives my mind peace, gives my home peace. I'm at peace that people won't want a piece of what God gave me because I understand I'm not called for everybody. I'm called for an audience. I'm trying to reach the people God has called me to. That's it. I can't be everything for everybody. This is why you're drowning trying to be the anchor for everybody that won't help you get to the destination that God has called you to. I'm at peace that I'll be misunderstood because I understand obedience comes with being misunderstood. I'm at peace with that. I'd rather have peace in a 784 square foot apartment then lap the Prince of Peace and have seven acres and a 15,000 square foot home. I want the peace of God. Peace will make a rich man jealous. Peace will have somebody in their penthouse looking at you in your trailer home jealous because you can sleep and they can't. 
They have all of these alarm systems, all of these dogs, all of this acreage, all of these perks, all of these features, but they can't sleep because they don't have peace. I'd rather peace. And the Prince of Peace affects pieces. And one of the greatest pieces that the Prince of Peace can give is peace of mind. And that happens when I understand I was already accepted before I was ever rejected by you. That happens when I understand man's opinion about me is not God's verdict over me. Maybe, just maybe, you're so tired because you're treating people's opinions like verdicts. It's just a thought. You're, how many more cliffs are you gonna fall over because everybody's trying to tell you how you should do marriage, how you should do your home. Now, I'm not talking about biblical wisdom. I'm talking about culture constantly. 60 days, don't do this. The 90-day rule, don't do it. How many more times? How many, how many more times are you gonna constantly hurt your heart because you're trying to appease anybody outside of pleasing the Heavenly Father? So I wanna give us six signs that you might be a people pleaser. Because sometimes you don't know until a light is shined on it, okay? Number one, you put others' wants before your needs. You put others' wants before your needs. You need this, but they want this. And I'll give them what they want at the expense of what I need, people pleaser. Number two, conflict avoidance. People, people who are people pleasers really don't stand up for themselves well. They'll avoid it, they'll, they'll, they'll take it. It's almost a doormat personality. Just let people walk over you. And the danger in that is build-ups lead to blow-ups. So it's, it's the constant abuse, abuse. Narcissism, abuse, dysfunction, toxicity. That's just building up, inflating the heart, inflating the soul, inflating the mind. It just takes the right situation. Boom! Like, man, where did that come from? It, it's conflict avoidance. I'm avoiding conflict that's necessary because all conflict doesn't have to be unhealthy. Sometimes it's needed. Number three, signs of a people pleaser you feel guilty to do something for you. Ah, uh, nah, maybe I can go do, do this. Nah. Uh, okay, nothing is wrong with you putting on your oxygen mask first and then putting on theirs so that both of y'all can survive. <laughs> That's why flight attendants will tell you, if the oxygen mask come out, put them on you first. But people pleasers will feel guilty for doing that. And I will make adjustments because somebody else says, they should be on the donkey, not you. I feel guilty to do something for myself. Number four, signs of a people pleaser, struggle with saying no. I promise I say no so easy now. And look, I say no without explanation. No, I can't. <laughs> Just no, no, I, no is a full sentence. 
And my no has nothing to do with selfishness. My no is because I know what I have to do. And if I say yes to you, I'm saying no to something else. Just like Articulated Sunday, whatever you say yes to is because you're saying no to something else. So if you say yes to toxicity, you could be saying no to mental health, protecting that. Struggle with saying no. Number five, signs of a people pleaser, compromising boundaries if it offends others. Hey, we're coming over your house for spring break. Oh, mom, I don't, I don't really think we could do that. What you mean? I, I didn't raise you like that. Okay, y'all can come on over. Y'all can come on. Gee, golly, you can come on. See? You had a boundary, not because you don't love your mama, but because you love you and your marriage. It's because you love peace. It's because you love a harmonious home that is healthy. Nothing is wrong with saying, y'all gonna have to stay at Hyatt when y'all come in. Y'all gonna have to stay at the Marriott. I'll fund the room. I will fund the room because boundaries are the steps that we take that prevents takers from vandalizing our peace. When you're a people pleaser, somebody just has to challenge your boundary and you'll let it go. Nothing is wrong with saying no. You could be Christ-like and say no. Signs of a people pleaser. And lastly, I think five and six kind of blend together. You'll, you'll swiftly change your plans to accommodate others. You've been, ooh, this happens in church a lot. This happens in church a lot. You and your wife have plans to go somewhere and some spiritual leader called you, hey, I, I need this done. Oh, okay, hey babe, we can't do it. Are you crazy? I'm a full blown pastor. I'm, no, you have a life outside of church. I will never interrupt your world because of what I need at that moment. And understand, you have to understand when I'm doing things to protect my mental health versus I'm doing things because I want pastor to approve me. Pastors aren't God. We're men. Our boo-boos stink just like yours. Understanding the boundaries that I have, the plans that I have, if they truly love you, they will try to avoid inconveniencing you because I recognize you have a life outside of me. Manipulators don't care about your life. You don't have no life outside of me. Don't go over there. They don't like your friends. Have you ever noticed that? Manipulators don't like your family. They don't want people to know where you at. They don't want, they don't like none of your friends. All of your friends crazy. He the only right one. She the only right one. They don't want anybody. Manipulation. I don't want others to see that I'm a wolf. So how do we overcome this? I shared it with us. Point number one, fill the heart with God formations. That's how we overcome it. This has to be filled with what God says about me. Man, my past is holding me back. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Is that a lie? Well, I, I just don't know if I'm truly forgiven. Okay, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that a lie? I think I'm, I'm just a mistake. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them 
Is that a lie? Man, I just feel like I'm so alone. Okay, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I don't know. I just think I'm so jacked up. Okay, Psalms 139, verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Use your sword. Use your sword to fight back the thoughts and the opinions of others. Listen, we are either going to believe the word of God or not. And the first way of overcoming people pleasing is I have to fill my heart with God formations. That's affirming my belief with what God said about me. It's the same conversation I was having with a brother the other day as we were talking about somebody who departed from the church, went somewhere else, and it was like, man, I, I don't want them to think this. And I said, my thoughts is, man, I hope they find somewhere that really edified, edifies them and they grow in the Lord. My mind has been trained. I'm gonna think on whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is noble, what is, what is, a, what is worthy of, of praise, what is a good report. Think and meditate on these things. That's until I have any other evidence, that's my that's my default thought. To protect my soul from what if? Did I say something? Did I do something? Did I didn't speak that week? That's too much weight on me. So I've trained my mind to think the thoughts that God has about me. I use my sword. Number two, how do we overcome it? Know what's your responsibility. Know what's your responsibility. If they're trying to have you do something, hey, can you stay up late and do this, and you have something else to do, nothing is wrong with saying, no, nah, I can't, bro. That does not mean you don't love them. You just know your responsibility. And truthfully, if y'all are that close, because I firmly believe the foundation of every relationship can be seen when it's time to sacrifice or when y'all disagree. If you say, I can't because I have this, because y'all are that close, you don't mind explaining to them. And they're like, okay, I understand. That reveals a true healthy relationship. It's when I know that we're solid without my auditioning or my performance. That's when you have kingdom friends. I don't have to audition for your acceptance. I don't have to audition for your love. Because you know, and I know, that we are both willing to exercise reciprocity because reciprocity is the evidence of appreciation. Number three, and we'll end here. How do I overcome people pleasing? I have to have a clear vision. I have to. I have to. I know with everything in me that God told me in November of 2019, try me. Try me. Remember, that's why I said a trap, a procrastination. He told me this November of 2019, when I was offered to be lead pastor, I had no idea, March of 2020, a global pandemic is going to happen. What if I would have procrastinated with my yes in November of 2019, not knowing what was gonna come on March 2020? It was time sensitive. Since my vision is clear on why I do what I do, there's nothing in this life that, that can make me question if I'm effective. I may not be called to reach you. And it's not my responsibility to edify everybody. But I'm called to edify the people that God has given me the grace to edify. 
So God, help us to be free from this chain, free from this weight, so that we're not worshiping on the altar of acceptance more than we are worshiping you for the gift of salvation, worshiping you because you're holy, worshiping you because you're, you're, you're God, you're a provider, you're El Shaddai. Help us to remember who you are, which by default will help us remember who we are. Because since you are a king, our eternal king, this means that we are kingdom. Help us walk in that truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.